It's the Early Access Podcast, episode 24. It is actually Saturday, the leap year day, uh, February 29th. I had to skip out on Tuesday because I, I'm going to be completely honest, spent all day opening up Pokemon cards because I ordered like $700 of that. So that's why I streamed on Tuesday instead. And I didn't want to wait until the upcoming Tuesday to do a podcast. I didn't want to skip this week because there's a lot of stuff to talk about. And we are usually live Tuesdays at 8 p.m. PST on twitch.tv slash Shampoo. Next week, because Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday is a little too close for an episode. So we'll come back on, I'm going to take next week off. We'll do March 10th is going to be the next episode. 8 p.m. PST live, twitch.tv slash Shampoo. also on Spotify and iTunes. Oh, I got to bring up at the start of the show that apparently some episodes, and I'm not backing down, have been censored on iTunes and some have been censored on Spotify. It doesn't seem like some, uh, episodes are getting attacked on both by the lizard overlords at Spotify and iTunes. But I think the episode where I talked about teabagging is censored on iTunes. I think you can still watch it, but you can't search for it properly. And the episode where I talked about space prostitutes straight up been removed from Spotify. Uh, apparently they don't like it when I talk about batting virtual literal space prostitutes across zero gravity spaceships. So uh, those episodes are gone, but I'm not backing down. And uh, you can... Find us live if you want to listen to the episode live on twitch.tv slash Del Shampoo. All right. We had a clip go viral last week, and I was going to talk about it on Tuesday on the show, but uh, there was an update to it. We have uh, an elderly man in San Francisco, and I see these people actually a lot. If you live in other parts of the U.S. or other parts of the world, you might not see this as often, but they're very often uh, on the peninsula in Northern California where I live. People going around collecting cans. I was in San Mateo yesterday, and uh, every day when I actually worked in San Mateo, literally every day, I would see this old woman go around outside and go through the downtown garbage cans and pull cans out. It's a way for them to make ends meet. Uh, They're very, very often, I think actually 100% of the time, I've personally seen it, uh, older people who are unfortunately unable to uh, make money some other way. And so we have a clip coming up uh, of these. So, so here's the thing. Right? The, people people do bad things sometimes. And right? that's totally... Well, people jaywalk. People shoplift from stores. But it takes a certain kind of dumbass to do this and then record it. So we have the clip coming up right here. Kili, hit play. He just robbed your dumbass. Go get the kids. He said, get the fuck off of him. Get your bitch ass. He said, he, said, he said, get the fuck, nigga. So we have a bunch of African-American gentlemen harassing this Asian man. They had just stolen his cans, and they are forcing him away from his goods. And uh, they, they're bragging about how they're making out with hundreds of dollars of cans. I hate Asians, nigga. There at the end, they're making fun of the old man. I think he starts crying, and they get a close-up of his face and start making fun of him after a couple racist remarks and literally stealing from him on camera. Uh, Like I said, you have to be an actual kind of degenerate, terrible, stupid person to be... First off, stealing from someone like that. These are cans. It's not like he was walking around with plasma screen TVs or anything like that. Um, but you have to be another kind of high-tier idiot to to do a crime like this and then post it on the internet. I don't know what he was trying to gain from this. Maybe 
Maybe some street cred. Maybe he was trying to look good to his friends on social media that he stole from uh, an old Asian man, which I feel like isn't even a particularly hard kind of person to steal from. And they didn't even take anything of value. It's like it's like that Rick and Morty episode where wolves take Jerry's check. This has absolutely no value to you. What are they, they going to take it to the recycling center and and claim the money from him? Like that that's that's a that's an incredible kind of low. We got a report later on through the week that the San Francisco police at SanFranciscoPolice.org they said uh, that. On February 27th, 2020, at approximately 8.15 a.m., SFPD officers took 20-year-old Dwayne Grayson into custody in front of his residence on the 100 block of Kirkwood Avenue. He was booked at Bayview Police Station on the charges of robbery, elder abuse, and probation violation for a prior robbery conviction and hate crime enhancement. The picture that they used in the press release was from his 2019 arrest. So this guy clearly not learning from his previous mistakes. Maybe it does have something to say about uh, the U.S.'s penal system and, and the way we were putting people in jail and not you know, re reintegrating them in the society as good people. Um, but on the on an earlier episode of the Early Access podcast, I did, uh, I did want to toss... Do you remember why I wanted to toss someone into a volcano killer? There's a good reason oh, for oh. it. Why? Why this time did we want to toss someone to a volcano? I feel like there's, we we cover bad people so often. I actually forgot. Now was it the last episode? Uh might have been like two or three episodes ago. Anyway, two or three. It makes it harder to find out. I'll go look for it. Look Keep at this point. Though. We need. We need. If I uh, if I'm a rich man one day, dictator of the world, I'm buying my own volcano, and it'll it'll produce the most fertile soil for farming, because I'm going to constantly be throwing. People like Mr. Grayson into it uh, to appease my my volcanic god. That's that's what I'm doing with my billions of dollars. Uh, this guy's a terrible person. People all over the internet were crapping on him this week, and I'm very glad they caught him. They did say that there was someone else. Uh, investigators have identified the other suspect in the incident and were actively searching for him. San Francisco is San Francisco is a terrible place. Uh, people, people, there's so much homeless and then people are robbing the homeless. Like, it's just, just a terrible city. Uh, some of, some of the people we have talked about were, uh, the, uh, fake video for Chini, for Chini and, uh, that one guy on the airplane, I think also might've been. Oh, was one. it the guy on the airplane who said he had coronavirus? The, the, no, no, that was, no, the one who was punching the seat. Like, ah, the guy who was punching the seat. Uh, Okay, the guy who's punching the seat, did I say he should get thrown into a volcano? Because I, I might that retract part, that. I don't know. I'd have to have I don't, gone to... I don't know if I'd say something like that. Uh, if I did, it's on Someone's tape. Someone's going to pull this clip out and Yeah, and, and, and just juxtapose it with me saying we should throw this guy punching an airplane seat into a volcano. There's another guy who stood up on a flight and said, Attention, everyone. I just came from Wuhan, China, and I have the coronavirus. I this. And it I'm feeling very sick. social experiment. We need to not that guy into the volcano. <laughs> I I feel like I have a very good moral compass, so that we're not we're not going to be getting good people chucked into my volcano. But people people who are deliberately just try they're trying to get a reaction, yeah. But it's not in a clever way. It's not in a way that's uh, oh like okay. So I'll give you an example, right? Way back in the day. 
um, I was at Kyle's house, uh, Kyle, old friend of Stealth Shampoo, and I was working behind his television. I think I was like plugging it on, plugging a capture card and like trying to connect the TV to the wall or something. But they took my phone and they changed Kyle's number to the number of a girl I was talking to. Well, I get a text legitimately from that girl, right? A couple, I, I don't respond because I'm working behind the TV. A couple minutes later, I get a text from Kyle, but Kyle has the same name as the girl on my phone does. And Kyle from his phone started texting me as this girl who I was simultaneously texting at the same time, but I was like having two conversations with her and I wasn't smart enough at the time. Actually, I think I actually had, um, I don't think I had a smartphone at the time. I think I had a, is a Samsung XL. It was a phone that would slide down and slide sideways for like a long keyboard. And so I wasn't able to tell that I had like two different text conversations with the same name, but there were different like texts in the log. Anyway, that, that honestly was a funny prank. Like they legitimately got me with it and it was a little bit clever. They got into my phone, they changed Kyle's name and he pretended to be this girl I was talking to. They told me about it afterwards. I, I honestly find it hilarious. And there, there's a little bit of like, you know, trickery to that. Just standing up and being an asshole, right? If he had instead like punched me in the back of the head while I was working behind the TV, right? That's there, There's no kind of actual... Uh, steps to that that's just being a dick right you're not trying to be clever or, or trick someone right that's that's just being an asshole anyway uh, yeah I, I do not think we should toss Kyle in the volcano however I do think we should be tossing uh, these people on the San Francisco streets not the old Asian man don't toss him in the volcano uh, everyone who made fun of him was a bystander and stole his cans fuck those people in other news yesterday GDC was cancelled uh, quite a few people pulling out of GDC um, and bunch of bunch of other conferences. Um, at this point, I'm I'm really um, I've been I'm getting sent to TwitchCon Amsterdam, and I, I wonder with all, all the travel being the number one way to contract this uh, coronavirus, if they'll they'll be canceling TwitchCon Amsterdam. But GDC was officially canceled yesterday, and there's a lot of clamoring on VR Twitter. Everyone wants. Uh, VR conferences instead. Not that GDC is a VR conference, but a lot of VR game developers do end up going to GDC. A lot of these gaming conferences, uh, people are like, you know what? You know what is a good place to have these VR conferences? VR chat. And I don't know if anyone suggesting that has ever actually gone into VR chat, but you're going to have... It's going to be a room full of business professionals, right? And half of them are going to be, maybe even more in anime avatars all all of them are going to be in made outfits or i i can't even name anime so i don't even know why i'm going down that route you've gone to knuckles right there's so many things that you miss in vr conferencing that you don't get in real life face-to-face meeting you know you got the firmness of someone's handshake and their body posture and their body language and what their eyes are doing when you're talking to them if if they want to show you something you know you can actually just pull it out of your pocket and show it you don't need to open up an inventory screen and move all this stuff around right in in real life if i want to show someone a youtube video i pull it up on my phone and i show it to them in vr there's actually a vr conference that went on that i was watching it was being live streamed on youtube the presenter could not see his own slides while everyone else in the audience could. Those glitches like that just don't exist in real life conferencing. Now, there is something to be said with virtual conferencing on cutting down on travel costs and the pollution of air travel and 
cutting down on hotel stays and getting people who might be international, for example, involved in the conferences for increased diversity. But I just don't think we're there yet with the whole floating head avatar and the just wackiness that is virtual reality. I mean, they do have Rec Room, for example. Um, it has a really cool algorithm where if you're, depending on the tone of your voice and how loud you're speaking and maybe what you're doing with your hands, I don't exactly know the factors that go into it, but it it makes facial expressions to you. So if you start laughing into the microphone, right, you, you'll actually look like you're laughing in in the avatar's fake face, I guess. They'll, they'll generate like, you know, the the inward brackets, the alligator brackets on your eyeballs, you know. So uh, it's it's just not there yet. And um, I am, for one, a proponent uh, of I, I am pro. Let's just not have conferences this year. Like, it's fine. We don't have to meet every two to three months. I mean, back when I was a professional Twitch streamer, I was going out to I don't know. I, I probably went to over a dozen conferences slash events slash conventions in a year. Like that, that, we'd be talking two to three a month, and that's a lot of travel time. And, and do I really have? Does something in my life change so much that I need to that I need to tell people about it every month? We, I think it's cool right now. You know how, how forever, however long it takes for this coronavirus thing to blow over, um, we all just, and maybe this is the introvert in me speaking, just just heads down and work for six to eight months until this is all blown over. Right? I know there's a lot of planning that goes into these conventions, and people want to actually like see each other in person and meet their old friends and lots of people work on these things they work on things to show off for these conventions for these big companies but i I, i'm pro let's let's just take some time off right we don't need to see each other every six months anyway uh hitting my discord i think you put this in here right Kuehler? i saw it on twitter but the uh youth behavior trends graph or was it one of the other viewers yeah Kuehler put Put a graph in my Discord. So I'm going to read it to you guys because this is an audio-only podcast for those of you listening on Spotify and iTunes. I try to keep this audio-friendly. I'm going to read you a a youth behavior trends graph. uh, And I actually traced it back to when I was 14 or 15. So I was born in 95. So I was, let's say, 15 in 2010. So if you put your mouse on 2010 on the graph, right, we have a couple things mapped out here. Ever drank alcohol has been going down since it ranges from 1991 to 2017. Ever drank alcohol starting in 2001 starts going down. Uh, and this is for ninth grade, 14 to 15 year old kids. Uh, had they had they done a thing before? So alcohol going down sharply. Starting in 1997, ever tried cigarette smoking? Gone down significantly. Watch television for three or more hours per day. Starting in 1999, going down significantly. Had sexual intercourse going down. I, it looks a little flat, but starting in 2011, it starts to drop down uh, super low. They also measure ever using marijuana, which from 1991 to 97 goes up from 20% to almost 40%. Then drops down a little bit, then picks up a little more in 2011. Then, then it goes back down again. Pretty much all these lines are in a steep to moderate downward trend, except played video games or used a computer for three or more hours per day. So in 2010, uh, when I was a kid, when I was 14 to 15, uh, I wouldn't really call that a kid, over 60% of my peers had drank alcohol. Uh, I think at 15, I, I absolutely did have alcohol. I think I actually did have my first like glass of wine at 15. So you probably put me in the majority on that one. Ever tried cigarette smoking is one thing I didn't do 
they had that logged in like 38% in 2010 when I was 15. I didn't have my first cigarette until I was, I think, 21. Um, one of these guys, this is another social experiment. It's just a prank, bro. But I was in Japan at a bar and uh, one of my one of my friend's friends was there and I had heard from uh, from my friend that he had cancer and that he had, what, like two years to live and he did not have the money to get the treatment he needed and he was going to die uh, just flat out. And so he offered me a cigarette. It was the first cigarette I ever had. And I, I thought to myself, you know what? You're literally going to die in two years. Like, I'll, I'll take 10 minutes off my life to go outside and smoke with you real quick and, and have a chat. I, I want to be a pal here. Turns out he was fucking lying and he didn't have cancer and he's still alive right now. And it, two years, about two years has passed and he's doing okay as far as I know in terms of health. But that was the first time I ever smoked a cigarette. Um, I don't regret it. I didn't really get addicted to it. I didn't like it. I didn't hate it. Um, but I also was pretty drunk. So that might have gone into that. Watch television three or more hours a day. That one's at 35%. I think at 15, I was probably just playing Pokemon. Um, so that one's that one's super far down. Ever had sex? I was definitely a virgin at 15. Um, I, I still had braces at the time. Um, my voice was very crackly back at 15. Actually, 15 was when I started Stealth Shampoo. So so yeah, I, uh, I did not have the personality and, and the... I don't want to say wit, but the ability to speak and and not be super awkward around women at 15. So we're looking at 30, 35% of my peers have had sex at 2010. And I'm thinking of the people who are my friends back in ninth grade. And I can't pick any of them out as having gotten laid. Maybe it's like birds of a feather flock together. But none of those guys are particularly uh, dudes who I think got laid before 15. So I think I might have just been in the nerdy um, sample size there and, and we, we're, not a, we're not a true random sample of 15-year-olds. Uh, smoke pot. I still... Yeah, I still actually haven't smoked pot. I, I haven't smoked it uh, to this day at 25. So I'm... In, uh, in 2010, you're looking at like, what, 30%? A little less than 30%. Play video games three or more hours per day. That one I was firmly on the only about 30% of kids played video games three or more hours per day. When I was 15, I think that was when Black Ops 1 was out, or maybe Modern Warfare 2. See, 2010. So that was Black Ops 1. Those were the times when I would go home, and I'd get home 4 o'clock to 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. I was playing zombies, or I was on multiplayer playing 6v6s. Like, every night, I would have six guys, right? We were usually all the same dudes, give or take one guy, and we would just run ham on lobbies, and it was fantastic. And those were the days. And and we were the nerds who drove that graph up. In 2017, it went up from 30% to nearly 50% of kids. We're looking at like 45% playing video games or using a computer three or more hours per day. And as an adult, uh, I, this was actually a big problem. When I was I was streaming like Titanfall a little bit later in my streamer career. Um, I tried to make it a point to stand up and walk around as I was going through my what, eight-hour streams? Because three hours in, I'd be like, you know what, I, I haven't stood up. There's no blood flowing through my legs right now. Like, I should probably do that. Um, that's a little concerning for today's youth. I, I have, I do a Pokemon League, and there's some kids there that I teach to play Pokemon cards. 
And usually the parents are bringing them there because they are playing too many online video games, particularly Fortnite. It seems like a lot of these children's, and I don't blame them for this, their real-life idol animation is literally doing the Orange Justice dance from Fortnite or flossing. Like, if these kids stand up, they are just flossing by default uh, with no music and no no prompting to do so. Uh, and so the 45%, these kids are playing uh, Fortnite all the time. The, their parents try to get them out and play card games, which I'm not sure is that much better. It, it's probably a little bit better on your eyes. But as far as like monetization, parents usually tell me that, oh yeah, my kids are spending so much money on Fortnite skins. I'm like, bro, I spent, spent $700 on Tuesday on Pokemon cards. In fact, if you're watching this stream live, if you look in the bottom right corner, for those of you watching on Spotify or iTunes somewhere in the past, there is a a big like Tupperware container, a big storage container full of Pokemon cards. And on top of that, there are more boxes of Pokemon cards. There's literally thousands of cards behind me in the frame. And so that's not, it's not a super good way to get your kids to not spend money either if they're investing all their time on cards. But... You know, it's the the kids are usually like very polite and they're usually gamers already, so they're easy to talk to. And I did play Fortnite from seasons what what zero to three. In fact, I played a lot of the Fortnite PVE also. And so uh yeah, I don't know if it's that much better that kids <laughs> kids are getting into Pokemon cards over traditional video games, which which I guess staring at a screen is different than like going out and sitting across the table from someone and actually like interacting with them, but um, t- time will tell, I guess, if I see these kids 10 years from now and they're horribly addicted to Pokemon cards like I am and they also spend their parts of their salary on it. Speaking of Pokemon, this past weekend, it was six days ago at this point, we had a major Pokemon uh, International Cup in uh, Oceania. It was in Melbourne, Australia. And this clip went viral. We had Simone. Uh, I do have her... Actually, I have her last name. But I'm not going to say it because she is... Not even 13. This is literally a seven-year-old child won the junior division. In the junior division, I believe the age cap is 11. Um, So when you're playing competitive Pokemon, they separate into junior, senior, and the master's division. Masters are all the adults. Um, Seniors are mid-teens. And the juniors are all literal children. And this little girl, seven years old, takes on the reigning champion. Justin has... I think over 20, 21 uh, first place finishes. Like he's an insanely high uh, amount of accolades for this kid. So in the finals of the video game, uh, Simone, the seven-year-old little girl, plays against Justin, this reigning champion. And the amount of skill that she shows off in, in the game is inconceivable to me because at seven years old I was adding and subtracting but I don't think I learned to multiply until I was eight or nine so I'm going to break down the play right I'm going to set the stage for you guys for those of you who don't play competitive Pokemon I hope I do a good job of this Simone has one Pokemon left she's playing doubles so it's usually 2v2 but she only has one Pokemon left and that Pokemon is Tyranitar Justin has two Pokemon left those Pokemon are Rhyperior and Dusclops so Simone has to make a choice here. And I I hate the people on Reddit who are like, oh, Justin threw the game. He should have done this and that. Like, bro, these are little children, first of all. And Justin actually made a good play, despite the fact that he lost. So they played best two out of three, first of all. And they're 1-1 at this point. This is for all the money. This is grand finals. 
Simone's got her Tyranitar out. If Simone attacks the Dusclops, right, she can get a one-hit knockout on the Dusclops, but then Justin's Rhyperior can attack Tyranitar, and Simone will lose, right? So that's scenario one. Scenario two, which is what happened, is Simone predicts that Justin will protect his Rhyperior, and she'll swing into the Dusclops because her Tyranitar will get to move first. It's the fastest Pokemon on the field. Then on the next turn, she'll take out the Rhyperior, right? That's scenario two. That's what happened, and that actually got her the win. Scenario three is that Simone attacks into the Rhyperior, right? The Dusclops doesn't get the knockout, and then she attacks into the Dusclops, and Simone wins, right? So there's this game theory here, basically, is what's happening. If Simone does X and Justin does X, she could lose. If she does X, Justin does Y, she could win. Or if she does X and Justin does Z, then she could lose or win. Uh, basically is what's happening here. And the fact that this kid understood, first off, how fast her Pokemon move, right? She knew that Tyranitar moves first, then Rhyperior, then Dusclops, right? She, she understands that. In the interview, she said that she predicted Justin to protect his Rhyperior, so she attacked the Dusclops and then knocked out the Rhyperior to win the 1v2. If that's that is a level of like chess and thinking two turns ahead that I cannot comprehend a seven-year-old can understand. So I did a lot of research into what seven-year-old girls can understand. And and I, I got I got some bullet points here. Seven-year-olds can follow a longer series of commands. So if you tell them, uh, can you make your bed and then pour yourself a bowl of cereal, you give them task A and task B, they can complete usually task A and task B. Uh, they understand that words have more than one meaning and, meaning and they can understand puns now. Uh, they understand the concept of numbers. So they they understand adding and subtracting. I'm, I'm not sure if Simone understands that if I take half a Pokemon's health away, then I, I can hit it again and it'll get knocked out. I don't know if she understands fractions, but she won. Um, they can tell they can tell opposites apart, left, right, day, night, light, dark. They can tell time. They can they can repeat three numbers backwards. So they can go like seven, six, five. They they still have their baby teeth. They're more independent from their parents. Uh, they they try to be social and and do things that make their peers happy. Um, they start separating by genders when they're playing. They get a little bit better, and you can see this in Simone's interview, uh, describing what they feel and what happened and what they think. In the interview, Simone said that she predicted Justin would do this, so she did something else instead to secure herself the win. Um, and she didn't use an incredible amount of adjectives and lots of words. She was a little shy, but she was able to, to describe that. They have a moral compass. And they can ride a two-wheeled bike. Now, of course, there are going to be people who say, oh, not all kids can do that. Some kids are a little faster. Some kids are a little slow. Of course. Of course, some kids are a little bit faster developmentally, a little bit ahead of the curb. And some kids are dumb, and they won't get to this until they're eight. Um, I remember when I was seven, riding a two-wheeled bike, I I hated it. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I was terrified of going fast enough. If, if you think about it, when you ride a bike slow, you're, you're going to be a little more wobbly, and you can fall to the side, right? So you need to pick up some speed, so that you can keep the bike up straight. And I was terrified of going any faster than, well, basically walking speed on, on a bike when I was seven or eight, which actually traumatized me, and I didn't actually learn how to ride a bike until, like, 13. Um, and I, to this day, like, only ride a bike when necessary. Uh, they can describe causes and consequences of emotions. Like, 
I got mad because I wanted to really go to the park. Uh, they can share knowledge with each other and they can solve word problems in math, name characters in books and shows. And it's it sounds to me like the to be able to get through like a full three day tournament. I don't know if it's two days for juniors, but to get through a full tournament, to have that kind of attention span. Um, I, I really want to know what kind of mentors, if she has like an older brother or an older sister who plays Pokemon or a cousin or her parents were into it. But this is the, the amount of skill she demonstrated on stream, a seven-year-old beating an 11-year-old and, and the amount of thinking, what is my opponent going to do? How am I going to react if my opponent does this? What Do I think my opponent will do this or this? What does my opponent think that I'm going to do? The fact that she could comprehend these, even these topics at seven years old is probably the strongest argument that I've ever heard to have children. Like it, I literally cried when she won. It was so inspiring. Uh, I, I'm very often pressured by, by older people. And you know, I'm getting to that age where it's like, I'm 25 now. When are you gonna get married? When are you gonna have kids? What are you gonna do for the rest of your life? Who's gonna support you when you're old? I'm, I'm getting those questions constantly from family and people who are a little older. And all the arguments for having children uh, don't really float with me, right? Like, oh, when, when you're 70, you'll have someone take care of you. Um, oh, you get to, like, pass the torch on. It, it's really fulfilling and rewarding to have children. None of those really floated with me, right? But to actually, like, see someone so young achieve so much, like, it was it was the best reason that I think ever um, that anyone has ever given me to have a little version of yourself so that I can mold and and project my Pokemon addiction onto a small child and have one of them uh, when I'm, well, hopefully not anytime soon, but when I'm a little bit older, uh, you know, it's actually like put it as something that I, I would literally consider, you know, it, it does seem inspiring to like raise a child to be the best they can. Even if it's not Pokemon, if my kid ends up liking soccer or Bitcoin or investing or stocks or whatever, whatever it is my child likes, you know, to have something come out to be, that incredibly intelligent uh, is super inspiring to me. I mean, I think I'll save the rest of the topics for next week. It's been the Early Access Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back. I am skipping next week. Uh, you're usually live Tuesdays, 8 p.m. PST here on twitch.tv slash Shampoo. Because it's Saturday when I'm making this episode, I'll probably skip March 3rd. And we're going to be back March 10th, Tuesday, March 10th, 8 p.m. PST here on twitch.tv slash Find us on Spotify and iTunes. Search the Early Access Podcast. Healer's here producing the show and playing the sound clips. I'm your host, DJ Nikki. We'll see you guys all next next week on the Early Access Podcast.